I am afraid that I have much news, and most of it is terrible. Welcome to The Mind Killer, the rationalist brain on politics. As always, I'm Wesley Fenza. I'm Inyash Brodsky. And I'm David. And today we have with us a weird from the podcast Assorted Calibers. Weird, you want to say hi? Yeah, how you doing, guys? This is this is exciting. Hello. Hey. I'm so good. I know weird from a camp we go to in Vermont. It's kind of a cult. It's um. <laughs> I mean, it's like probably less a cult than rationalists are a cult. Well, yeah. 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 Well, it's, 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 it's not a very rational cult. It's not that much of a cult. It's a relaxing cult. <laughs> right. Can you say that about many cults? I I've never been in any other cults, so I don't know. I feel like some of those LSD cults sounded pretty relaxing, at least for a while, before they went terribly wrong. I don't see how LSD cult could ever go terribly wrong. Um, You're right. I must be imagining things. <laughs> Much like people on LSD. You know, you know that uh, Manson's was an LSD cult, right? Nope. They were bad people, <laughs> so they were not doing LSD. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so it is October 19th, 2022, and we've invited Weird here to talk about uh, guns. Because that's what his podcast is about. Yeah. Um, so weird. Why don't you give a short a short pitch for your podcast so everyone listening will know to go listen to it? I actually actually I'm, I'm part of two podcasts. The actual one that's more guns is uh, Handgun Radio. Me and my friend Ryan Machad we talk about handguns. There's absolutely no politics in it. It is sheerly just hardware geekery over handguns because handguns are amazing. And uh, you can check that out on the Firearms Radio Network. But the uh, the show that, uh, that that I run is called the Assorted Calibers Podcast, and that is a nonpartisan Second Amendment podcast that uh, focuses on uh, on Second Amendment issues. And it's also a variety show, so we got a bunch of other stuff. I'm actually just editing a show right now where uh, one 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 of our contributors is talking about virtual reality, and the other one's talking about night vision goggles, and then. Yeah, so we, we, we cover a variety of topics. Nice. Neat. Um, did I hear that right? That the the co host on your gun podcast is named Machad? Yes. <laughs> that's that's pretty so, baller. So <laughs> I mean, he's um, kind of a baller guy. So uh weird, are you familiar with the uh I wanna say he's the president of the Northeast chapter? Of the National African American Gun Association, um, I, I, yeah, I don't. I actually don't know where the uh, the, the the chapters lie. Uh, there's, is it Phil Smith? What's what's Phil's last yeah, name? Fi- I, um, yeah, Phil Smith is the president of the yeah. whole organization. But he, he's that he's done in uh, Georgia. I've actually had him on the show a couple of times. He's a really good guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. but uh, one of their uh, regional chapter presidents is named Chad King. that is even better i know nothing about him but i love him well i i may i may have to track him down just to have him on the show where 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 is the 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 north the northeast region for for that i haven't actually looked at the the boundary lines and i'm not sure that's the right region um i just know i've seen him in their like banner head thing uh yeah, the Northeast is yeah, Damon North- Finch. Let's see. Chad King is the Midwest. Yeah. And and they did nice enough on the uh, on the Naga website. They actually had they they did they did his region all in gold because of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The what website? Naga. Uh, National African American Gun Association. Ah, okay, cool. So, I take it you are for the Second Amendment. 
I am very much for the Second Amendment. You might say that. Though, yeah, though, though, th- not always, actually. I, uh, well, my, my story, my, 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 my story with the Second Amendment is actually kind of weird because I, I grew up in, uh, I, I grew up in the Portland, Maine region, which is, is extremely liberal white suburbia. And, uh, and, uh, my parents are not huge lovers of the Second Amendment. Uh, though at the same time, if you're living in New England, it's kind of hard to not think about the Revolutionary War in very, very real senses because you might like go to a field trip and they'll point out a mass grave of British soldiers. <laughs> wow! And so, yeah, the, 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 yeah. Here, here's where we killed a whole bunch of British soldiers and we buried them here. We put this rock <laughs> to commemorate <laughs> that. Yeah, we, we buried them with honor, but they were jerks. And so, you know, the idea of you know taking up arms against your own government was never that alien but also you know i did uh, i was uh, i was 13 when the federal assault weapons ban went through and and uh i i believed everything that they, they told us about those evil horrible machine guns that they were going to ban <laughs> and now, uh, now were you into guns as a kid um I mean, like most kids, I mean, I had cap guns and squirt guns and super soakers, sure. but I mean, I didn't know the difference between a Glock and a Beretta. But I mean, would you like shoot guns? Oh, uh, I, actually, I didn't shoot. Uh, I shot my first gun at age 19. So okay. no. I shot guns with the Boy Scouts. Cool. We, did, we shot black powder rifles. Oh, oh, you got the muzzle loading badge. Nice. What what yeah. what what caliber was that? Was that a, was that a 50 or a 72 oh, I don't know. or? I don't actually know anything about guns. I gotcha. <laughs> yeah, all, all he all he remembers is they gave him a really long, boring safety lecture before they let him shoot for five minutes, and so he's decided they're not worth the trouble. Yeah, that was everything in Boy Scouts, by the way. Like, they would promise you all this fun stuff to do, and, like, eventually you would get to do it, but you would have to sit through, like, three hours of safety lectures. So, really, the truth is, what we need to do is sit you down with, like, an AR-15 with a 30-round magazine, and you just realize, oh, wait, I could just keep shooting? It's, it's well, not done shooting yet? I, 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 don't have to do, I don't have to do a minute of grab-ass and, and be careful that I don't pour the, pour the powder into the hot bore and have it flash up in my face? So, actually, the most fun I've had shooting guns was uh, with my brother before his wedding. He took his entire wedding party to the gun range. Nice. Like the, that day. That was a good time. And we were all like in our tuxes shooting guns. Nice. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. What we really need to do is uh, get you to visit me down south here. Uh, I have literally more uh, gun stores than grocery stores within a 10 minute drive. <laughs> uh, and I have at least three shooting ranges with rentable NFA items uh, within a one hour drive. So, Neat. yeah. Let, let me just let me just say, if you have never shot su- suppressed, you you have not lived. Really? Why? Oh, because just the like the idea of shoot, shooting a gun without needing to put the ear protection on and having it n- not hurting your ears is both awesome. And then it also, if you've shot a bunch before you've ever shot anything suppressed, the the the, the magic of so there was one shoot that I went to where there was a guy that was a manufacturer. And he had built this gigantic can. I mean, it looked like the size of like a cardboard poster tube. Nice. And he put it on a uh, a Thompson. I think it was a Thompson Contender um, at, at, that was chambered in 45 ACP. So big, heavy bullet going extremely slow, subsonic, and then a large, large can. 
and it was a, it was a rifle already. So decently long long uh, barrel. I think it probably I don't think it was a full length barrel. It might might have been like a ten inch barrel because again he was a he was an SOT so he could short barrel everything, and he just was like, all right, everybody on the line, go cold. We're only going to be shooting this, so everyone could take your ear protection off, and you would hear the hammer drop. It would go click. And then, like, literally, you, it would sound like you were dry firing it. So just the sound of the hammer dropping on the firing pin. And then you would hear what sounded like someone throwing a softball as hard as they could into the dirt as, as the bullet buried itself in the berm. Huh. Wow. I'd always heard that silencers and suppressors, like, didn't, didn't do things nearly as quietly as you see in the movies. That it's still, like, a loud cough sound. It, 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 depends, on, it depends on what you're doing. So, like, if you were to, to put, like, a reasonably sized can on like an ar-15 it's still going to be fairly loud you you know you might be able to shoot it and your ears won't be horribly ringing and you won't have permanent hearing damage uh but it'll still be loud and Mm -hmm. and a lot of like handgun suppressors are still somewhat loud but just it takes the edge off if you will this so for those that don't know the uh the, the the uh the pistol suppressor, the, the Maxim silencer, was invented on the same day as the auto muffler. Literally, it was like the same patent. Mm-hmm. It's just the, here, I'll put this baffle system and we can put it on a gun or we can put it on a car. Let's put it on all the loud stuff. Yeah, so yeah. It's, 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 it's a car. So, yeah, when you turn on your car, I actually have got, my car is actually in the shop right now with an exhaust leak. So it's, it's loud and awful sounding. And, uh, but, uh, but yeah, if we, you know, when your car's exhaust is working fine, you can still hear the engine going, but it's just not piercing. And if you ever hear like a muscle car with open headers and it's just deafening, uh, that's... Now, could you put one on a leaf blower? You don't need to anymore. They got cool electric ones that don't make any now- noise. That's true. I just watched the video. So like the, the, the James Bond gun, the Walter PPK, does that actually make a little when you shoot it silenced? No, it does not. Oh, no, no, it does not. That's that is. Well, some people had speculation on it. There was actually a YouTuber and I I, it's been ages since I've seen it. But uh, this YouTuber actually put shot a 22 downrange and put his camera at various spots downrange and actually found that the sound of a 22 going transonic sounds exactly like the movie sound suppressor. If you actually want to know, actually, one of the more realistic sound suppressor sounds is if you watch Goldfinger, when Oddjob yeah. shoots the guy in the back of the, uh, I believe that was a, a Lincoln, um, a Lincoln Continental, um, the sound that that gun makes is very, very close to a, that of a, that of a suppressed gun. It's really more of a thump, uh, a, you know, like a staple gun. Yeah, or yeah. pneumatic so nail can... gun. If I can nerd out for a second here, so there's three loud parts of a gun. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I actually have a prop here. Um, so uh, one of the loud parts is the expanding gases from the propellant. Uh, the the because not all of them go into propelling the bullet. Then there's this, just the mechanical uh, action of the gun, which is a lot louder when it's going at you know bullet just been fired speed rather than some guy just racked it with his hand speed and then there's the sonic boom of the bullet and uh there's ways to mitigate all three of those but a suppressor only mitigates the expanding gases one so you can you can get a specially designed gun like the maxim 9 uh integrally suppressed pistol that's specially designed so the action runs very quietly you can get subsonic ammo and you can get a suppressor 
And if you have all three of those, you're going to get pretty quiet. Uh, though, of course, especially going with subsonic ammo, you're giving up some capability. Um, now, how fast does a typical bullet go? That is wildly variable. Yeah, the, I knew the, you were going to say that. It's covering, the the like, limit. I think, three or four orders of magnitude. All right, let's say a uh, you know, 357 Magnum. 357 Magnum is going to go probably at about uh, 1,200 feet per second for like a 158, 138-grain bullet, 113 uh, feet per second. What's the speed of sound? Uh, about 1,100. Okay, so it's like a little bit faster than that? Yep. And But you can get, you said, David, you said you can get ammo that goes subsonic speed, so it's uh, quieter? Yes. Interesting. Yep. Yeah, you can either, you can either, yeah, down, download the bullet or... Um, Download the don't, bullet or just have download a much, much heavier. <laughs> you wouldn't what? download a car. Yeah. Our audience <laughs> is going gonna, is gonna, to uh, understand the word download to mean a completely different thing than yes. what you just no, said. Yes, you can, you, you can load a bullet uh, with, with considerably less powder or a much slower burning powder to produce less muzzled velocity and therefore be subsonic. Or you can put a much heavier bullet in there, so that same amount of energy is not going to push it as fast. So there's a cartridge out there called 300 Blackout, uh, which was specifically designed by uh, the Advanced Armament Corporation, which is a suppressor maker. And they specifically made it to be a, uh, a cartridge that's ideal for suppressing. And, and well, it solved two things. One is the 7.62 by 39 that, that runs in the AK-47 does isn't really well suited for the action of an AR-15. Just the shape and the the shape and the dimensions of the bullet is just kind of it, they're just it's not designed well, and people have had a lot of trouble. So essentially, they took a two-two-three cartridge and blew out the shoulder until it was thirty. So it went from twenty-two caliber to thirty caliber, and they have two loads. One nearly identically mimics the seven-point-six-two by thirty-nine, so the AK-47 bullet. And the other one, and that's a 124, 125 grain bullet. I don't remember the exact load data. And it's going at, I think, 2,300 feet per second. Do you, do you remember the ballistics data on 7.62 to 39? Uh, not I was told there would hand, be no, no. math. <laughs> so, <laughs> so is uh, this uh, the generally the type of content that is on the podcast? Um, on Handgun Radio, we'll, we, we'll get super geeky on that sort of stuff. But because uh, that's, yeah, that, this is that hardware side. I like talking more about the software stuff on ACP. Well, software meaning? Software meaning like the current laws. Like we've been talking, ah. I mean, the world has been blowing up with the, uh, with the NYSERPA v. Bruin uh, court case and all the aftermath of it and uh, New York and, and New Jersey going, nah. So what's the, the aftermath? I thought it just uh, meant that like now they can carry publicly. Well, the aftermath is it really mostly covers. So I, I, I'm I'm talking to you from the uh, the the birthplace and the grave of uh, of freedom, Massachusetts, uh, <laughs> where 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 the government came to take our guns and we shot them all, and then and then the government then went, we're going to remove your right to keep, and then they took they, they enshrined a right to keep and bear arms in the Constitution, so such crap would never happen again, and then uh, and then they turned around and said, well, but you're, for your safety, we'll just take away we'll just take away your right to to have guns and uh and in in massachusetts you specifically need a permit to own a firearm own ammunition or own own ammunition components wow so i have i have actually went into you've heard just heard me talking about all the load data <laughs> here is the I, I i i haven't done it since my daughter was born but i, I used to be a fairly avid hand loader and uh which just means that i i just i make my own ammunition 
Uh, but uh, I, I went into a gun shop and picked up a uh, a pound of uh, of uh, smokeless powder, set it on the on on the uh, on the counter, and uh, the guy says, "Oh, yeah, I'm gonna need to see your permit." And I, oh yeah, I forgot about that. Reached in, pulled out my permit, put it on the counter. He looked at it, ran the sale, and then I left. And people went, "Oh yeah, but that's gunpowder, so that's probably a good idea that you know you need to have a permit for that." And I said, "Yeah." And then I drove across the street and filled up my my truck with gasoline and didn't see a single soul. I, I swiped my card at the pump and filled it up with, with gasoline, which is far more dangerous. Well, that's why in New Jersey we have attendants do that for you. Oh God! Oh, oh my geez. God! I used, dude, I used to work in off? Jersey, and that would bother me so much to hand the person the card and have them run the exact same machine that I run all the time. But I have to wait for them. Can you believe that COVID lockdown was not enough to get that changed? Jesus! That was like right at the beginning of COVID. The governor comes out and is like, "Oh no, we're keeping the the attendance. Don't think you're going to pump your own gas because we're not doing it." I uh, just states like that. I think there's heard. I think there's one other state that that does that, and I can't remember which one it is. But uh, it's certainly not a state where I filled up my gas because because yeah. I would have known because I would have hopped out and started filling up my tank and had the person <laughs> yell at me in extremely surly surly tone. because so, uh, that absolutely happened in Jersey. It's one of the flat states out west. I yeah. think it might be one of the bumpy states out west. So weird. Not sure. Yes. You and I at camp, we talked a little bit about brewing. Yes. And as I recall, you're a big fan. I am. And I was less of a fan. Um, even, I'm pretty ambivalent about guns, um, but even from the perspective of someone who loves guns and wants everyone to be able to have them, mm-hmm. um, I disagreed that brewing was that good a case. Okay. Because it made up this weird new sort of scrutiny that laws get. Where mm-hmm. instead of saying you need a compelling government interest and the law has to be narrowly tailored, mm-hmm. instead it said that the regulation has to be the same kind of regulation that historically has been uh, present. So, like, either around the time of the drafting of the Bill of Rights mm-hmm. or the time of the 14th Amendment. Um and Amy Coney Barrett actually wrote separately to, to, to do the opposite of clarify and say that it might be either one of those two dates. We're not sure. Um, and I thought this was bad for gun rights because I think it'll be super easy for the liberals to just rubber stamp any gun regulation if they get another majority on the court by finding some historian to come in and say like, oh, yeah, you know, uh, Massachusetts had this same law back in the day. So, so here's the cool thing. Yeah. No, they didn't. <laughs> well, no, maybe no, not that's, Massachusetts, that, that is, but I've that, heard that in many old western towns, uh, it was illegal to bring your guns into like the saloon or any building. Or yeah. possibly so, even the town itself. Says so that, you, but you're a reality-based person, and, and you care and, what actually happened. And that is, and that is true on paper. It mm. was like Dodge City. I mean, we, you know, if you if you haven't seen the movie Tombstone, come on, what are you doing? Yeah. But and, my point here is that in reality. You know, there's it's an objective question like what were the old laws? But in the world of the Supreme Court, there is no objective reality. It's just what you can get a historian to come in and say and that they're going to choose to believe. Well, uh, and you see it in the dissents right now. They were like, OK, you want to do this history thing? Well, here's a bunch of historical examples of laws that were similar to this. Um, and all the liberals signed up for it. 
So I feel like that's exactly what's going to happen as soon as the liberals get a majority in the court. They're just going to be like, oh, yeah, Bruin's still good law. But, oh, shockingly, every gun regulation we found a historical analog for. Well, that's an inter- it's an interesting statement, though. I, I don't know if uh, history will back you up on that because – now, do you know off the top of your head when uh, – we're actually talking about this on on the show the other night, and uh, I didn't end up looking it up. Do you know what year the, the, the uh, 14th Amendment was ratified? Nope, but I can Google it right now. Yeah, but either either way, you've got uh, so you've got the the Bill of Rights was written in uh, 1791 or ratified in 1791, mm-hmm. and at that point in time, there 1868. Was, okay, so there was absolutely no really gun control law of any kind. There are there were some historical laws against storing of certain amounts of powder uh, for the purposes of uh, of fire prevention. So you couldn't have. 100 pounds of black powder in your house right next to your fireplace uh, but also historically once a fire retardant uh, powder vessel was invented those laws were repealed and and even then it was one of those we've got the town powder house and you can come and get your powder whenever you need it and keep a, a usable amount for your your personal protection and your hunting needs on there uh, but you could carry a gun just about anywhere uh, I mean, we had the, you know, Article 1 of the Constitution talks about letters of mark, which uh, the anti-gunners don't really want to talk about, is the ability to to uh, become a privateer for the U.S. government, which means that there were privately owned warships. But, <laughs> so if but you I could thought own... you couldn't buy a cannon. Oh, yeah. You could. So, yeah. Joe Biden keeps saying you can't buy a cannon. You could buy a cannon right now. I could buy it in Massachusetts. I could buy a cannon of any size right now. Yeah. Joe Biden and also yeah. says you can't have a flame And yet I notice you don't own a cannon. I do not own a cannon. Yeah. Well, I a cannon. well, Christmas is coming up. I, I mean, <laughs> do you wish you owned a cannon? I, I really don't. A, a buddy of mine was a machinist and he made a he scaled down a Napoleonic cannon and, and tur- turned one out of a solid like steel billet and made it so that he scaled it down. So it was the size of a soda can in the bore. And once he finally got it, he took a soda can, filled it with concrete. Once the concrete was set up and he loaded up with a powder charge and fired it off into the, into the woods near in his house at his house in New Hampshire. And the uh, the soda can filled with concrete went off into the woods, hit a tree, bounced back and went through his wife's windshield. <laughs> so why, why don't you want to own a cannon? I mean, first up, I don't I don't know where I could actually shoot it. Uh, it's cool. It doesn't then, matter. What's that? It's cool. It doesn't matter where you can shoot it. I you mean, just shoot it up into the air. I mean, it's I, your cannon. Yeah, it just it, it just goes up. It's fine. It, it does Don't just go up. It. That's right. Gravity's <laughs> gravity's not just a thing. It's also the law. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't don't know where I could shoot it. They're big. They're super expensive to load. Like I mean, you're you're gonna use like half a powder keg just to just to just to load a blank charge in them, and then God forbid you're actually gonna like you know cast a ball for it. But what if you, like, need to blow up a tank or something when the government comes for your guns? Uh, that's what, you know, the Finns discovered this cool thing called the Molotov cocktail. The cool thing <laughs> is you heat the tank up enough, you'll stall the engine, and then and then eventually they have to come out, and then small arms work just fine. But what happens when British ships show up in the Massachusetts Bay? Yeah. Yeah, you didn't think of that, did you? <laughs> well, they, they, they're British, so they don't have guns, so it'll be super easy. Yeah. <laughs> Come get you think, with their knives. Still think a cannon. No, could they be can't useful. have knives either. Oh no! I, no. 
have you, have you just, seen the like? What, do they the, just the, hit each other? The Brit, the British police. No, they have knives. Just like, just like when Chicago banned handguns. Yeah, there were there weren't any shootings. <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember that. How do they that. cut their food? Yeah, but the uh, but well, you can have kitchen knives, and that's and that's what they stab each other with too. Oh, um, okay. But, uh, yeah, but but yeah, but no. If if you if you look go go to any like any 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 British towns police Twitter. And they will have these like junk on the bunk shops shots where they'll be like butter knives and screwdrivers and gardening shears and all that. And they'll just be so proud that they that they took these off of people and put them in jail because yeah. someone was walking around with a pair of pruning shears. So I have two questions related to this. Um, I recently heard Yassine Merkut, I think is his pronunciation. I don't know. Say that uh, he thinks any weapon that it's legal for the government to own, it should be legal for a private citizen to own. Are you on board with that? I am so I mean so now we're getting into like the intellectual masturbation part of the show where where <laughs> it's one of those part. things that's of, our whole show yeah, yeah. so oh, welcome. No, I, yeah I, I I was unaware of the show until like it, until you told me the na- na- name of it and and then I started listening to it. I'm like oh my god this show is re-. like I was so worried that like this guy that I've known for so long and all that like I was gonna listen to your show and it would suck but it it's just the opposite. Like I, I am super excited to be on. This is a great show. Oh, um, thanks. It, no, it really is. I really, I really have enjoyed the hell out of it. But, uh, but yeah, yeah I appreciate the, that. We're, we're in this world as I like to tell people. We didn't lose our rights overnight, so we're not going to get them back overnight. So there's a lot of incremental steps. And so, like, I'm really more concerned about like me being able to concealed carry in Times Square and and other states without having to worry about crossing over an imaginary line somewhere and realizing, oh, my permit's not valid here, or the number no, of bullets in my magazine. You can't carry in Times Square. The Supreme Court said they're allowed to have gun-free zones. They they practice. did if it's a sensitive area. And yeah, then New York is saying that everything on the planet is a sensitive area. Well, New York is very sensitive. Maybe yes. just the places on the planet that have humans in them, according to, yes. to New York. And, 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 and this is this is very similar to the t- to the TSA, where they touch my sensitive areas with the back of their hand. <laughs> have that you ever said anything negative about New York? They it, they will show you exactly how sensitive they are. Yes, that is true. <laughs> that is true. So practicalities aside, though, in theory, should should private citizens be able to like own weapons of war? And where does that end, if anywhere? I mean, historically, private citizens have always been able to own weapons of war. You know, I was, as I was saying, we were talking about the the, uh, the 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 Bill of Rights and then the Fourteenth Amendment. I mean, people could own warships. People owned cannons. I mean, we can still own cannons today. You know, so long as it's a loose black powder cannon, because the, oddly enough, those are not considered firearms. Uh, either are flamethrowers, which is very very interesting because <laughs> a flamethrower is, cool. is the most fiery of arms that you can get, and yet it's not a firearm. Yeah. Um, and and wait, people... so you can privately own a flamethrower? You can build I... one yourself. Yeah, you oh can my god! Order. Because I know Roxy, my daughter, eventually one day is going to ask for a flamethrower. Yeah, flamethrower. I, mean, I was sure I was going to have to tell her no. Well, I, I would say the same thing about as as we were talking. We were talking a little bit about uh, about youth uh, youth gun safety. I would say yeah. The whole point is yeah, get it, get her get her a flamethrower because. <laughs> Far, far better than far, far better than me playing with hairspray and a lighter in my parents' dining room. <laughs> so, like, sorry, like well, you're the expert. If you think it's a good idea, I guess I'll do it. Assuming they could get FAA approval to fly the attack helicopter, attack helicopter, okay too. Um, yeah, I mean, that's so. An interesting angle is, I would certainly say, historically speaking, yes. 
I don't know. I mean, again, this is intellectual masturbation because we got yeah. so many layers of government infringement before we're even looking at whether or not this is legal or justified. But I would absolutely say with unequivocally any weapon that that your local police and or SWAT team can own, you should absolutely be free to own because a police are civilians. They're not part of the military. They're peace officers. And B, they're owning those weapons for the exact same reason anybody else would want to. The, the Glock on a, on a cop's belt is not for some sort of assaulty, you know, strike force business. It is the if somebody attacks them or somebody is being attacked and needs to be defended, they're going to pull that gun. Hey, yeah. that's the gun I carry. If, sure, but if, you're answering a very different question than, you know, yes. can, can people own howitzers and attack helicopters? Yes. Well, I mean, I think the hard hitting interview questions that we're known for. Yes. Well, I haven't even gotten to the actual hard one. (laughs) The actual hard one is nukes going to the extreme. I mean, no, that's easy. Nukes. That that is that is the ultimate uh, fallacy ad absurdum uh, going on. I mean, obviously, you got the the big question I think you'd get into is people talked about the Second Amendment as, oh, the Second Amendment's not an unlimited right. And you're absolutely correct on that. Just the same, you know, because I can own guns and I think I should own any gun I can, but I can't murder anybody and I can't threaten people with that. And I can't discharge a firearm in such a way that I am immediately endangering somebody uh, around me. And the higher up you get on the hierarchy of military arms, the the much more broad the area of are you threatening or endangering anybody with that so you know if i've got claymore mines set up all around my yard hmm. i mean number one how well am i monitoring them and you know number you know number two how how justified would i be if someone tripped on trip tripped over the trip wire and set them off okay let me actually um uh bite the nukes uh the mcnuke bullet <laughs> all right the don't bite bullet. nukes so nuclear <laughs> weapons are actually really expensive to build and maintain. Mm-hmm. You to the point where you basically would have to be a billionaire to get a make nuke. So who would you trust more with a nuclear weapon? An average billionaire or an average three fifths senile American politician who's a million years old? Cause that's a pretty easy question for me to answer. So I'm not saying anyone should have nukes, but if we've decided that, like, I am open to the argument that no one, including the government, should have nukes. But if we've already decided that those morons are okay to have nukes, I don't see any reason not to invite the billionaires to the party as well. Counterpoint. Do you think Kanye's rich enough to own a nuke? I don't think so. I'm sorry, yee. I'm pretty sure he's not. <laughs> yeah, all right. I mean, that there there is the other interest that genie in the bottle idea is. I mean, I was just just reading the other day about like now in the world of 3D printing, now the gangbangers are all showing up with uh, with with Glocks with auto sears. They've converted their Glocks into submachine guns because they can. The, and there's nothing you could do to stop that from happening. Uh, it's it's just you can. Build your own guns. You can build your own machine guns. They're not that hard. And, you know, there's there's nothing to say that you couldn't mount a machine gun on your helicopter and make yourself an attack helicopter. Uh, so the, the, the question of saying, oh, let's just make blank nukes blanket banned. That's 
more or less impossible because that's a good pe- point anyone because, with the power to make a nuke will make a nuke yeah i mean <laughs> that tends to be my policy on gun control like i said i'm pretty ambivalent about guns if it was possible to like get rid of all the guns in the country you know i'd it'd be a discussion worth having but we're, we're not there no laws that are, have any chance of getting passed are really going to do anything about people getting shot too much well, I mean, nothing is going to happen. I mean, there, there was a, a story a while back that was actually published by Michael Bloomberg's The Trace saying, oh, the British just had their largest gun confiscation raid in, in the history of the country, and it's just a drop of the bucket compared to America. And it was like they seized like some like 130 guns, which, you know, there are certain like, you know, gang, g- gang strongholds where they could get they'll get a whole bunch of guns or just, you know, some average gun nut that says something a little too creepy. And they just decide to 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 uh, they got we got enough grounds to go in and round up all the guns. And so that sort of stuff can happen pr- fairly easily. And the Brits were like, oh, this is the biggest one. Well, except for the guns that were seized in the UK, which guns are essentially banned you can own some guns but the restrictions are insane and the guns were vz61 scorpion submachine guns and suppressors and grenades wow so yeah you could ban all the guns it just means that the source that you're going to get them might not be oh i'm going to go break into somebody's house and steal their their unsecured firearms or break into a local gun shop uh, instead, it's going to be one of those like, oh, I'm going to talk to the Russian mob and uh, say, what do you got? Yeah, but that does at least make it much harder and more expensive to get the guns. So they'll probably have less of them due to but not having again, infinite money. I mean, objectively, gonna, they do have less of them. I mean, if, if you think back to the to the Fast and Furious uh, 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 fiasco during the Obama administration, uh, there was a big talk of all of, of all the guns that the, that the Mexican government submits back to us. Uh, the ATF for tracing, you know, 99% of them trace back to the United States. Well, actually, I, I went through the numbers and actually calculated what, what that added up to because they actually gave, like, how many guns the, the Mexicans had sent back to the ATF for tracing and realized, oh, that adds up to the exact number of the Fast and Furious. Like, the Mexicans are sending guns back to us, and it was guns that we gave to the cartels simply as an end run around Heller v. D.C., uh, but at the same time, those are the guns the Mexicans sent back to us. Most of the guns the Mexicans just put back in their police forces or armories because the call was coming inside the house because <laughs> there's a huge desertion rate in the Mexican military and a huge corruption problem in their police force. And so the police are perfectly willing to lose their their sidearms and their machine guns. And when the military people desert and go to the cartels, they're get, they're paid extra bonuses for how much stuff they can steal. So they're not just going to walk off their post. They're going to take a Humvee off their post and they're going to fill it full of machine guns and grenades. So, I yeah, mean, I don't think there's any real way to get people like to get the guns out of the country. Yeah. Or, or like I, I, or to, to, to prevent people who really want guns from getting them. Yeah. I think I, well, what and, gun yeah. control could do, though is prevent people, like, law-abiding people from carrying guns, mm-hmm. um, which would prevent, I guess, fistfights from escalating into shootouts. Because that's, that's the the thing I worry about. No, Is that if everyone's just... carrying a gun, then the drunken bar fight that would normally end up with a broken nose ends up with someone shot in the face. Nah, I think it just it moves the, escalate, the monopoly of force over to 
the two most dangerous elements that we encounter in our day-to-day life, which is the gangs and the government. They'll still have guns. I, yeah. I mean, sure. Yeah, and, like, you... Sure, you... Like, some of the uh, American higher uh, murder rate is from, like, bar fights that escalate, but some of them are also, like, lynchings where... At least going back to, you know, Ida Wells's day, the, the clan shows up at a black politician's house and they're threatening to beat him up. And instead he pulls down the proverbial Winchester rifle on the wall and they decide that they have somewhere better to be. And sure. that is also a way that an assault can turn into a homicide, but I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like definitely guns can be used to prevent people from getting killed as well and and certainly can you be used to uh you know prevent other other bad things from happening but i think if you i haven't looked at this in a while but last time i looked at the numbers there was a pretty clear relationship between the number of guns in a geographical area and the murder rate uh nope i'm sorry the homicide rate i mean well the I mean, it all, it all, I mean, there's there there is certainly some some numbers on the the number of gun control laws and the the homicide rate in the area. Certainly, some of the biggest the uh, the the biggest areas. It's also population density is a huge factor. It really doesn't it doesn't factor into guns because I mean, when you have areas that have like all right, freeloaders, that's all you get. There's close to about uh, forty minutes more of the discussion, but to get that, you'll have to subscribe to the Substack and you'll get the full version. Uh, So give us your money. Thanks. 